الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نعمتان مغبون فيهما كثير من الناس الصحة والفراغ أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسس بكتر علماء كرام تدتنا الدرس Generally, every person's concern is his capital. Any business person, you ask him what is the main concern, either he is looking for capital or he is looking to grow the capital or something or the other to do with the capital. One person had sold up his business. Whatever the issue was, he's finally sold up that business. So, he sold it for a very good price. It's quite a big business. And many, many years ago's incident this was. So, it ran at that time into the, what he had earned for it. It was a very big sum. Now, thereafter, he was very, very concerned that he sold up the business. Now, what does he do? So somebody suggested to him that what you too concerned about, right now whatever you have already earned, you sold the business, you have this money, so you can carry on with your life with it, whatever your needs are, you'll take care of it from there. So he said, that's the last thing I want to do, I will not want to use the word he used, dip into my capital at all. What I live off must be from the profits. This is the capital. The capital cannot be allowed to be depleted in any way. This is the most crucial thing that the capital must stay secure. Because the capital gets used up, then it's finished. Now whereas, that capital that he had now in his possession at that time, perhaps his grandchildren also have been eating out of it. But that was the concern that that capital must not get affected in any way. And that must be secure. Now that capital was possible to still, if not today, tomorrow, if not tomorrow, one week later, one month later, one year later, perhaps okay, something might still diminish in it, something not, maybe the depreciation might hit it. But sooner or later it's still possible to use that capital to invest it somewhere to do something with it. But there's another capital which is constantly depleting. And it's either that a person puts it to use immediately or he lost it forever. This capital doesn't wait for him. There is no way he can bank it anywhere. There is no way that he can secure it somewhere else. It is either he secured it by using it correctly, by investing it immediately, or he lost it forever. And every millisecond it is depleting. It's this capital that Allah has given us of time. And that time is limited. Each person has come with a fixed life. 
if somebody has come with 60 years of life, he doesn't know for sure what his lifespan, but for chance, by chance Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with 60 years of life, and he's already 40, he's down two-thirds. He's got one-third left. And if somebody came with 50 years of life and he's already 40, he's only got 10 years left. And Allah knows best, if somebody has already lived 98% of his life, he thinks he's got long hopes, because the hopes of insan don't finish off. Once Rasulullah by means of a drawing, he drew on the sand a little uh, sketch to give this insan an idea of how things happen. Rabbi Islam drew one box and then from the bottom line of the box, so the square, the bottom line of the square, Nabi Islam in the middle drew one line going all the way top, past the top line, sticking out right at the top. And then from the both sides drew many smaller lines. Then Nabi Islam explained that this box, this is the life of insan. It's com- limited, it's confined. Nobody has come here with a endless life. Nobody is going to live forever. Even the Anbiya came, they also left. And Rasulullah also came into dunya. And before he left, Allah Ta'ala already revealed the ayat of the Quran Sharif to him. That you are also going to leave the dunya one day. The rest of them are going to also leave the dunya one day. Nobody is going to remain in dunya forever. Then on the day of Qiyamah all the debates will carry on. Those who are opposing Rasulullah they would try to now say something and Allah Ta'ala will then clear up the issue whatever the details are of that. But the point is that even Nabi Wasallam came in dunya and left. So where are we going to stay? So this life is confined. This box. And then in life, all the time, there are challenges from both sides, those lines, smaller lines coming from both sides. All the different things that come in the path of this insan. The various obstacles that come in his way, the various challenges, some illnesses, some other problem and hardship, some loss. So many different things are all the time coming and, so to say, blocking his way. But then he misses one, he overcomes the other, he bypasses the third one. But one day, the top line is there. There's no way he's going to bypass the top line of moth. But that middle line that's going from the bottom right to the top and all the way out, that is the hopes of insan. That his life is here, but his hopes are right on top. So we live our life having very, very lengthy hopes. Very lengthy hopes. For years in advance we are planning. But that capital of time is limited. And it is ticking away. Every moment is ticking away. And either a person used it at that very moment, invested it correctly, or is lost forever. Imam Shafi his statement is that time is a sword. Time is a sword. Either you use it to cut or it will cut you. The sword can be put to good use, like a knife, as we say, like a two-edged sword. Either use it to cut something correctly which will be beneficial or that can cut you, it can harm you. 
So this time that Allah Ta'ala has given us is an extremely great ni'mat and bounty of Allah Ta'ala. When that moment has ticked away and life is now ebbing and the person now is wishing that I had little bit more time, that little bit more time will never come. Once a moment comes, فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ So now this is a very very confined time. And in this confined time, Allah Ta'ala has put this potential in this insan. That if he wishes, he can surpass the angels. And Allah forbid, if he does not use his time correctly, he gets lower than animals also. On the one side, he can surpass the angels. Otherwise, the Quran Sharif declares it, in whom illa kal an'am, bal hum adal. They are like animals, rather worse than animals. So this insan has this potential, that he can even surpass the angels. Because the angels, there is no mujahada for the angels. And the mujahada, this insan has the capacity of mujahada. Insan is faced with temptations. He is faced with all kinds of issues. And despite those issues, he suppresses that and he still obeys Allah Taala. As a result, he will surpass even the angels. In the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned about the Hoors of Jannat. The Hoors of Jannat, what are their qualities, etc. So, all the various things are mentioned about the Hoors of Jannat. But the woman of dunya, the person whose wife was in dunya, she'll be the queen of the Hoors. So this is the only part to mention, not to mention the first part. That first part, just leave it for later. Whenever it's going to happen, it'll happen. That's not something to talk about back home. But this second part is something you can mention. So the point is that these are women of Jannat. Or these are women of Dunya. And they will become the queens of the Hoors of Jannat. Because the Hoors of Jannat, they didn't have that Mujahada of Dunya. They didn't perform Salah. They didn't make tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. They didn't, despite whatever challenges they were, still refrain from sin and obey Allah wa ta'ala and make that mujahada. That mujahada which the woman of dunya made took her to that position that she will be the queen of the Urs of Jannah. So it is not that this insan is in any way behind the angels. He can surpass the angels. But that depends on how he used his capital of time. How much of profit he earned out of it. Where he invested it. If he invested correctly, he can surpass the angels. When Rasulullah went on Mi'raj, then Jibreel accompanied him. And they came to a certain point where Jibreel stopped. said, here I can't pass. Only you can go past here now. I go past one slight bit also, I'll get burnt to ashes. This was a manifestation of this, that the greatest angel also had to stop to give way to the greatest insan, who was the greatest makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, nevertheless. But in principle this highlighted that this insan has this capacity to surpass even the angels. But then if he doesn't use his capital of time correctly, one person takes that money he has, whatever other capital he had, he put it into some good use. So now he profits and he makes some good use out of it. And then he manages to build one house for his family. He gets some other comforts and luxuries for them. 
Whatever else he does with it, mashallah. And another person takes that same wealth that somebody else put into good use, he had even more maybe. But he went and took it and he bought very, very harmful substances. He went and decided to buy a lot of intoxicants with it. Now this person also spent it somewhere. He's also spending it. But where he'll finish off? Forget being where he was. He'll finish off so deep down in some dungeon, Allah protect us, that it might become very difficult to come out of it also. So now that misuse of that capital, not just that it got lost in itself, it took a person so deep down into problems. So likewise, this is capital of time Allah Ta'ala has given us. And regarding this capital of time, which is very, very limited, this is the issue that how we use this time. How we make use of it in a way that it becomes a means of endless profit for us. In this short life that we have, there are certain things that insan acquires and this makes this capital of time very valuable. How he used it to create certain qualities within him. If these things are acquired, it takes him very, very far ahead. Very close to Allah Ta'ala. And the opposite he falls into, this destroys it. And suddenly the time is over, in one moment everything is gone. The things that take him very close to Allah Ta'ala, that really bring him very much in the proximity of Allah Ta'ala's grace and rahmat, one is humility. To the extent that a person humbles himself, Allah Ta'ala loves him. This is something that has repeatedly been discussed and there's no uh, point where it will be sufficient. The discussion of this would be required endlessly. Because this is such an essential ingredient that should be in every person that we have to acquire. Aspect of humility. To the extent that a person humbles himself. Humility has always won the day. And the opposite obviously is pride. Pride has always lost the day. There is no way that any day pride has ever won the day. Outwardly it might seem like sometimes a person got away with something and he was the dominant one because of his, how he handled it. He didn't humble himself. He got away with murder. But that is what the eyes can see. Pride has never won. And humility has always won. There isn't a time that humility won't win. And neither will pride ever win. Allah Ta'ala made this very clear from the very inception. From the time Adam Alayhi was created, Allah Ta'ala made this very, very clear to us. Allah Ta'ala created Adam Alayhi and created insan Ashraful Makhluqat, the greatest of the creation of Allah Ta'ala, the most noble of the creation of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's uh, whole kingdom is filled with everything. Allah Ta'ala created this insan from, from the sand, from dust. Giving this insan the message, you keep humble, you'll progress. Everything has its own material for progressing. And one person's progress 
won't be the same as something else. For example, Allah Ta'ala has forbidden riba, interest completely haram. Now somebody, they look outside and they say, but the disbelievers, they seem to be progressing a lot with interest. Everything they're putting it on this kind of deposit and call deposit and whatever else. and It seems like they're having a great time with it. So, where does this come now? How can, how can this be that this is bad for us? They're progressing with it. So the simple example to understand it by is that one is a dog. That dog gets nourished by what? It gets nourished by that bone, that scrap, whatever else is lying there. The dog eats that and it gets nourished. And you want to take something even further? Then there's a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. That too is a creation of Allah Ta'ala. There's a creation called the swine that also has its nourishment. It eats up all the filth. Now if some other animal also, even that goat, forget insan, even that goat sees that swine, that this is how it's getting nourished, so I'm also going to do the same. Look at how nourished it is. How fat it has become. So I'm also going to now, there's hardly any grass to eat, I'm going to do the same thing. Later on insan, even that goat will die. Because that's not his nourishment. That is his destruction. It might be fine for the swine, but it's not good enough for the goat. And insan, out of the question. So if the disbelievers are getting nourished on something, some filth, does it mean that filth is going to nourish a mu'min? That is a mu'min's destruction. So if he is going to look out that the disbelievers seeming to be having fun with all these things and this way of life and this completely no inhibitions and free for all, go where you want to, do what you want, consume what you want, intermingle as you wish, have a great time and they seem to be carrying on with life so nicely. Everything seems to be going well. So why should I get left out? So that's to start off with is a big deception. Only what seems to be the case on the outside. But in any case, if somebody is really having fun in that too, it's no different than the nourishment of the swine with filth. And a mu'min decides to now adopt the same way of life, it will be his destruction. So the humility is what we have to acquire. This humility is what has been taught to us from day one. Our very creation is out of the sand, the dust. وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ سُلَالَةٍ مِنْ طِينَ That is, we created this insan from this mixture of sand, mud. And on the other side is his pride. From the inception also, when Iblis showed his pride, what became the end result that Allah Ta'ala put in front of us from day one. Refused to accept the command of Allah Ta'ala. To what extent this pride takes a person Iblis started debating with Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's command that you make sajda to Adam Ali Salam, he started debating it. This is shaitan's, the shaitaniyat that comes into a person. That he starts debating even the commands of Allah, the clear commands of Allah Ta'ala, he starts debating that as well. That no, this can't make sense now, Uzzubillah. This doesn't apply in the 21st century. The commands of Allah Ta'ala that pertain to business, for example, riba is haram, don't touch it, these kind of transactions are incorrect, this is out of the question, or this is how a Muslim woman should lead her life, what she should be doing, where she should be, where she shouldn't be. 
No, no, all this doesn't apply in the 21st century. Na'uzubillah. So Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala created us. Allah ta'ala granted us this deen. Na'uzubillah, it is as if to say Allah ta'ala didn't know what would become the situation in the 21st century. Allah ta'ala made the deen just applicable for a time that in the desert, in the camel ages. Na'uzubillah, Allah ta'ala didn't know what will happen in the modern world in the 21st century. And Na'uzubillah, this deen is deficient. This is the, what it uh, amounts to. These kind of arguments and statements and so on. Allah Ta'ala protects us. These can jeopardize a person's iman. And we will be the only losers, nobody else. Allah Ta'ala doesn't lose anything. The deen, Allah Ta'ala will protect. Deen doesn't require us. We require deen. So this pride is a very, very dangerous thing. This is an atom bomb which causes tremendous damage to a person's deen, to his dunya also. Generally, this pride stems from three things. Other things as well, but three things. Now it doesn't mean that a person who has any one or more of these three things is definitely involved in pride. And neither does it mean a person doesn't have any of these three things, is free of pride. But these are very dangerous things. Very delicate. And therefore they need to be handled very, very sensitively. One is the power of wealth. A person has wealth at his disposal. That wealth has its own effect. The wealth, if it is not controlled... If the person's mind and heart is not repeatedly checked, then that wealth can have a very, very detrimental effect. And it can create this pride and haughtiness. The other is power itself in terms of strength, might. person has whatever strength and might it might be with a physical strength and might, somebody is very strong, he can take on anybody, now that can create a lot of pride, can create haughtiness, can create arrogance. It doesn't mean a person without it is completely immune to pride. It can happen the other way around too. But this is a dangerous thing. If it is not controlled, it can be very useful, wealth can be a very, very great na'mad, very great boon person can buy his akhirat with it. In obedience of Allah wa ta'ala, that wealth is used correctly for himself, for his family, for his friends, for, his, for the ummah of Rasulullah for the needy and destitute, that will buy him jannat. But if it is not controlled, then it can become very dangerous. So one is wealth, the other is strength and might, the third is support. person has a lot of support. That support can blow pride into the person. I need anything, I can just click my fingers, you just get done. I can just, one call. And this, that, and the other, I've got whole armies behind me. Now these things, Fir'aun, this is what blew that pride in him. Can't you see? I'm owning the whole of Egypt. And I'm the king of Egypt. 
And all these rivers are flowing beneath my palaces. I just direct it as I want. Can't you see? Where's your eyes? Can't you see all this is mine? Now that became his. What happened at the end results? And this is the challenge of dunya that very often, very often this is the case, that those who are obedient to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala opens it out to them in the end. And those who are disobedient, it gets opened out to them right at the beginning. As far as dunya is concerned. This is often the case. Fir'aun got opened out for him right through. And Bani Israel accepted Allah Ta'ala's command, brought Iman and Musa salam, whatever the other flaws were, but in principle, they carried on till the end. Anbiya Ali Musa'alaam generally, right at the end, now is being opening out that what the reality is. Otherwise, they seem to be downtrodden. They seem to be the ones that are now being persecuted and others are having the upper hand. Those who are obedient, often it happens that they will carry on with challenges towards the end, Allah Ta'ala opens it out for them. And others, right at the beginning sometimes. But that is not something to take for granted, because what comes doesn't always come in one form. There are two scenarios described in the Quran Sharif. وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَاءَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْ لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِنَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Allah Ta'ala says that had the people of the villages two things, Iman and Taqwa. They brought Iman and adopted Taqwa. لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ We had opened out the barakat, the blessings of the heavens and earth. Now here also Allah Ta'ala talks about opening it out. But here the word comes barakat. And on the other side, فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala describes the disobedient people that when they forgot what Allah Ta'ala had sent the reminders to them through the Anbiya Alayhi Musa'at Wasalaam Allah Ta'ala says فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ We open out all the doors to them. But here the word barakat doesn't come. It's just an abundance. Abundance opened out but without barakat. Now when the barakat is not there, that is disaster. That abundance is the abundance of problems. And if it's barakat, if it's little, that too is great. And if it's great, then that too is very great. It's the barakat that will change everything. And the barakat will come on these two things that I mentioned. Iman and taqwa. Taqwa in that earning as well. It will bring a lot of challenges. What to do, what not to do. What to touch, what not to touch. What to accept, what to reject. That what to reject sometimes might be very, very lucrative. But taqwa demands this must be touched. So then Allah Ta'ala opens it out, but sometimes it opens out long afterwards. But this is the challenge of dunya. Now the person who understands that this capital of time that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, this is a very, very precious commodity. Every second is depleting. Either it got used correctly, or forever it's gone. And there's no way of recouping it. Now that last moment comes, now a person realizes, this whole capital is gone, I've got nothing left, but now it's too late to cry over anything. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ 
la yastakhirun sa'atan wa la yastaqdimun when that appointed moment comes it's not going to move back or forth at all one moment one second so these kind of times of the year that come where there's a general atmosphere of neglect that this time now is a time to relax but relax in such a way that whole being gets relaxed also all the commands of allah taala get relaxed person who is very very punctual on things also he gets relaxed in terms of his deen but this is part of this capital of time that we have deen hasn't tied us in such a way that we are not allowed to take some kind of rest and some relaxation but within the limits of deen within the limits that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with as soon as a person starts crossing those limits that is not going to be any rest that that is why sometimes person says no, I'm going to take a break and he comes back and he needs to take a break from the break because he says the break broke him so he got financially broken also emotionally broken and what not happened and how everything unfolded that that break broke sometimes Allah forbid families or what not now because the laws of Allah Ta'ala were being transgressed because it was now just free for all, do what you want. Everybody is all free to do as they holiday now. Holiday, there's no, no restrictions. There's no rules and nothing to hold us back from anything. So now the person took the break, then he needs to take a break from the break. Whereas, that was supposed to be, as, as it's put forward as, something to now be refreshed. But now he needed to come and get refreshed. But by the time he comes to get refreshed now, he goes to start getting back to the routine of things. So the issue is that often this is just in the mind. All this is just in the mind, as in the eyes. It's all in the mind and in the eyes. Anko ki masti. Often just in the eyes and mind. In the eyes, many a thing, if a person didn't see it, it might never even have crossed his mind once also that I should have this. But he saw it over time, he says, oh, I must have it. Whereas that's something that his life would have carried on very, very fine, very peacefully without it also. Many a thing. There are so many things of that nature. But now when he saw it, now suddenly it became that he can't do without it. So any case, finally, somehow... Even if he couldn't afford it too, he must have it. It came away. But after six months, he saw something else. After another six months, he saw something else. So that is a never-ending cycle. That is the thing that just carries on then. Until death comes. But now if the person didn't see it, he would never even bother about it. Life would have just carried on very fine without one thought also crossing his mind. That I couldn't do without this. So what, what suddenly, what made it so indispensable? Just what he saw and what the mind made of it. What he saw, then got processed in that manner and that became indispensable. He can't do without it. And if he didn't see it, it was fine. So that is why often many of these things, somebody sees some very fancy car now, the thing caught his eye. One is fine, if it was his, mashallah, use it. Now somebody else's, so now the mind will start running. You know, that is mine. 
That is mine. Uh, I just gave to drive it. It's fine. Everything else, no, it's mine. It's there for safekeeping. Because half the time, the things that we buy out of just for that because we must have it is then just kept for safekeeping somewhere. Many of times, sometimes that vehicle that is just there to be just kept clean all the time. Because now it's too expensive to run around with it. So now you have to have a run around separately. And that now is a once in a blue moon occasion. Because otherwise the mileage will go too high. And then the service plan will get run out. So now rather just keep it one side. So now just keep it clean, but just keep washing it all the time. So this is the way that our life then just carries on. This whole capital of time goes away in all these things. Something that's a ni'mat, it's a ni'mat. Allah Ta'ala's bounty, His blessing, use it, enjoy it, make shukar. But there has to be some line somewhere. There has to be some limit within that. That a person, mashallah, everything is going fine. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat. Now, look beyond that. Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with so much. There are so many people without anything. So many people without a shelter over their heads. So many people are going to sleep without having had a meal for the day. And that sleep is not coming also because of the hunger. So now there's so many more opportunities to do something for the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. So, this is where the, the focus should be now. And how much more we can do to assist others. And in this way, we will earn our akhirat. And who knows, that might bring somebody else closer to deen also. Let alone a person who already has iman, alhamdulillah. That is, we can't even imagine the benefit of that. But even those who are still not in iman, assisting them, helping them, that would become, Allah knows sometimes, the means of somebody coming into iman. So this capital of time can be used in all these very, very great ways, which will inshallah bring us immense benefit and rewards immense benefit in this dunya already and what is in the akhirat is beyond imagination but all it requires is that we understand the value of this ni'mat Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with once this ni'mat is gone every second that ticks away is gone therefore in the hadith sharif Rasulullah says ni'matani maghboonun fihima kathirun minan nas there are two bounties which most people many many people are in a deception about they are in great deception about these two bounties. As-sihhatu wal-faragh. One is good health. When a person is in a state of good health, takes it for granted. Seems like this health will last forever. Nothing will ever happen to me. I will carry on in the same way. But now that that health is there, because the person is in a deception about it, that health is not used correctly to do the maximum in terms of what will bring a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. Now when that health is gone, now the person is thinking, if I had the health, I would have done this and done that. Now it's too late. When the time was there, we didn't use it. So that deception, that this will last forever, so later we'll do something later. And the other is farah. That a person is not overwhelmed by situations where he cannot even now, sometimes doesn't have one second to spare to do something. He's so overcome by things. That what we term as being free in a sense, that a person has that he's free. He, he's doing his work, he's doing whatever is necessary, but he's not overwhelmed with the, with the circumstances, with the situations. That farah, that's a very great na'mad. But now that free moments that we get, 
everything gets used up in things that Allah Ta'ala forbid takes us further and further away from Allah Ta'ala as a result of which that farag also goes also that na'mad also goes away now the person gets tied up in so many kind of situations and circumstances that he can't even sleep, he can't do anything his life is just in a turmoil Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we value and appreciate this great na'mad of time use it in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with we use it in the ibadat of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Use it in the khidmat of the servants of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. We use it to fulfill what our, our daily requirements are as well. We will carry on with our work, with our job, whatever it is. With the niyat, the correct niyat, that too will become ibadat. We will spend the time with our families with the correct niyat, that too will become ibadat. All this will bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala. But this requires that we understand the value of this time and we use it correctly. اللہ تعالیٰ کی وسط توفیق و آخر دعوانا علیہ الحمدللہ